Hello and welcome to the Bloodstream Podcast, a show serving the bleeding disorders community brought to you by Believe Limited and Bloodstream Media and made possible by our presenting sponsor, Takeda. I'm your patient advocate and host, Patrick James Lynch. And I am your healthcare advocate, nonprofit nerd, and your other host, Amy Board. And hey, I'm reminding you to please speak with healthcare professionals before making any treatment decisions. On today's show, our final show of the year, we've got two big segments for you. Amy and I will take you through our top 10 lists of 2021, touching on a few highlights from the year. Amy cannot lists. wait to ask. Plural <laughs> lists. It's become a thing. It's become a little bit of a thing. We'll get into it in just a little while. That will come after our Let's Talk Mental Health segment with, as always, Mr. Joshua Sterling Bragg, this time featuring therapist and community member Debbie De La Riva in a segment that is made possible by Sanofi Genzyme. And I just can't believe it's our last show for the year. I know. It feels cliche, but this year it just flu which is which is insane i saw on twitter someone said like time flies when you're having fun but time flies i guess when you're not having fun because like 2021 we're still in the pandemic and like it flew it still flew yeah it flew by <laughs> it seems as though time just flies it may have nothing to do with us after all you know it has nothing to do with having fun it's very human to think it has to do with something that we're experiencing no time 100%. is just existing independent of us we can <laughs> feel however we want about it do you know though what number show this is for us in 2021 our final show do you know how many we've done this Year? No, absolutely not. If we would record like the episode, I'd be like, yes, it's numbered, you know, 7,500. I don't know, but no, absolutely not. We've I have done no idea. 7,500. <laughs> Uh, No, not quite that many. That would be a little ridiculous. Uh, But definitely well more than our baseline every other week that we're uh, going for. Uh, This is our 53rd show of the year. That's more than one a week. 53 shows in 2021 you know the number's high because we did bleeding disorders awareness month isn't it you guys remember that That we did we did an episode a day those episodes are phenomenal an episode a day go back and re-listen yeah and there's a lot of baby episodes there's some that are a little bit longer but there's a bunch of their baby episodes and and quite timeless so uh 53 episodes so if you're listening now there's plenty from this year that you can catch up on if you need some additional listens over the course of the holidays that's crazy yeah 53 bordeaux wild right that's crazy hey bloodstream listeners patrick and i are so grateful for you for your trust and for your time also for your engagement we want to thank you for being part of the bloodstream podcast world subscribe to bloodstream if you haven't already and we'll be providing an overview of bloodstream 2022 so as always if there are topics or guests you'd like to hear more on bloodstream in the new year just let us know hey at mailbag at bloodstreammedia.com or reach out to either Bloodstream Media, Patrick, or myself on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even LinkedIn. Even <laughs> LinkedIn. I will respond on LinkedIn because 2022 is going to be the year of Amy and LinkedIn. You all have experienced the journey right along with me, and I'm just so glad we could be a part of it together. <laughs> January 14th, we'll be back. We have some great guests lined up for that, but we will also provide you with that overview for the year. And we want to hear the stuff that you want to hear about, so mailbag at bloodstreammedia.com or... Sent Amy a message on LinkedIn. <laughs> I also have to give a big thank you to Bloodstream Podcast's presenting sponsor, Takeda, without whom this little program would not even be possible. Yes, Takeda. Takeda's got this website, bleedingdisorders.com, where you can learn all about Takeda's resources for and commitment to the bleeding disorders community. Takeda believes in a world free of bleeds, which I support. And they are dedicated more than ever in their efforts to offer a wide range of programs and support to help patients throughout their treatment journey, wherever on that journey they may be. You can learn more by simply visiting bleedingdisorders.com. One more time, that's bleedingdisorders.com.
And for their founding and ongoing support of the Bloodstream podcast, I would just like to say thanks, Takeda. Hey, PJL, before we get into Let's Talk, speaking of mental health projects, I think uh, it would be, we would be remiss if we could not announce this. This actually was announced today, the day that we're recording this podcast. By the time this podcast will come out, it'll be in the world for a couple weeks. But there was an article in Deadline about, sometimes I think about dying, and I would love for you to tell us a little bit and remind listeners because they do know about this project. Yeah, so sometimes I think about dying. It started as a short film based on a play that Ryan Gielen, the co-founder of Believe, my, my partner here, our colleague, his wife, Katie Wright Mead, who has worked with us on many things across the years, she was one of a few people involved in this play back in New York and then led the charge to adapt that play into a short film called Sometimes I Think About Dying that she also starred in, produced, co-wrote, and starred in. And that film premiered at the Sundance Film Festival. You heard us talk about it then. It was shortlisted for the Academy Awards last year, which is bonkers. All of that attention and and accolade led to it becoming a feature film that is being produced by and starring Daisy Ridley. They just wrapped production in Oregon, and so they made the announcement, as as Amy said on Deadline just last week, that production has wrapped, and this will be a feature film coming out into the world based, again, on this play uh, called Killers that Katie and co. were a part of back in New York years and years and years ago. And it's just an awesome moment. I'm so happy for her and proud of her and the team and to have been able to uh, watch all these iterations of... It's just like, what a journey. Congratulations. Yeah. But yeah, like, how could we not mention that? That. We've talked about the project here before, and it's now just hit this incredible high watermark. So, yeah, yeah, congrats Very to cool. Sit Dad. Very cool, and of course, Katie Wright Mead co-wrote the uh, the screenplay, the feature screenplay. So, yes, so she excited did. for her. She's fl- her text to me today said she's flying high. <laughs> Good. As she should be. As she should be. That's amazing, amazing work. And she's such a wonderful soul. She deserves it more than anybody. So let's get into it. Let's get into Let's Talk, which also is about mental health. So that's kind of a nice segue, if you will. Let's Talk, as you guys know, is a partnership between Bloodstream Media and Santa Fe Genzyme. And it aims to create an environment where we can have open, honest conversations about mental health in the bleeding disorder community. For people living with or caring for someone with a bleeding disorder, the impact on mental health is largely invisible and often not discussed. Let's Talk shares tips on how to care for your own or someone you love's mental health and strives to eliminate the stigma associated with this discussion within the bleeding disorders community. If you or someone you know has experienced feelings that have impacted your mental health, talk to your healthcare provider and find educational resources at letstalkmh.com. And let's turn it over to Joshua Sterling Bragg. He is, of course, our storyteller and our host for Let's Talk. And let's turn it over to Josh for another round of our mental health segment, Let's Talk. My therapist got a new job. She was my first therapist and was a really good fit for what I'm going through this year. We did a lot of work over a relatively short period of time, and with her advice and support, I'm actually using this as an opportunity to close out my current therapy journey to try to navigate things on my own with the tools that we've developed together. It's a little bit scary, but I'm excited about it. Let's talk. Orlando. 2018. This is just a little story about something that happened there. And it was a session that we, the geezer track that Randy Curtis put together. I said to Randy and to the doctor who was on the panel, 
let's get off the dais and out from behind the lectern and the microphone and just sit in a circle with these geezer guys and just talk. This is Dana Francis speaking from our Let's Talk Mental Health documentary. Instead of me talking to them about what I thought the psychosocial issues were at their age, I said, tell us, tell me what you guys think it is. What are the issues you're dealing with? What, what, what kind of support do you need? And this is the big moment in, in the hemophilia world. Almost half of those guys in the circle use the D word, depression. You don't hear men talk about being depressed or having depression. And I thought, something's changing here. I just had this sense that people were like, the heck with it. I'm tired of wearing the mask. Let's just put our cards on the table here and talk about what's going on. I say it at the end of every episode. Talking can be so healing. Whether it's to a friend, a family member, a support group, or with a professional, Finding ways to externally process what we are going through as individuals is a great way to find the links between us as human beings, to find those bridges, those commonalities that help us to realize that we're not as alone as we think. Our life experience, while deeply personal, isn't so unique that no one could possibly understand. My therapist said time and time again that one of the gifts of being in her position was hearing so many people express thoughts of self-doubt, imposter syndrome, of feeling like everyone in the room is older and wiser than them, of feeling alone or uninspired or lacking motivation to exercise, that these things we are struggling with personally and maybe are feeling like we're failing at actually aren't weaknesses in ourselves, but a surprisingly common feeling among all of us. We get so caught up in the desire to project perfection that we don't feel that we can allow ourselves to admit that being perfect is not only wildly difficult, it's impossible. Speaking of my therapist, I wanted to share a little bit about how we came to this decision to close out as opposed to moving on to a new therapist and what that will look like for me. The reason I got into therapy in the first place was because I noticed that I hadn't smiled, genuinely laughed, or even felt like myself in a long while. I was viewing every day as a failure and was so focused on productivity that I wasn't allowing myself to really live in the moment, to exist even, to enjoy anything or even relax. I showed up to every session ready to work, ready to be curious and explore where these thoughts were coming from and how to look at them from a different perspective. I took that curiosity with me throughout the week, too, and as we identified some tools and techniques, some alternate thinking routes, That's where the growth started to take place. Eventually, I was coming to sessions where my therapist wasn't talking much at all. I was able to identify my feelings, experience them, and create a path forward for myself. In working out how to do this with my therapist, I also learned how to talk about these things with my friends and my wife in a way that wasn't overwhelming or putting too much pressure on anyone. I learned to share my feelings and to create a safe space to hear others' feelings without either of us taking on too much weight or feeling trapped. Therapy gave me the tools to do this, and that word tools is really perfect. I mean, imagine your life is a building, and when you start out, you're just mixing cement powder with water. You need a few tools to make that easier, but you could just do it with a shovel. It's relatively simple. But as life goes on and you want support beams and staircases and windows and eventually nice embellishments like wood paneling and molding, 
and light fixtures. You can't build all that with just a shovel. You need a hammer and nails and a drill and a ladder and all sorts of things. With each new challenge, with each new flourish, you have to figure out what the best tool is to make that task accomplishable. Our lives are constantly changing, and when we get to things we haven't navigated before, like experiencing a traumatic event, turning 40, losing a job, or just slowly over time losing sight of our happiness, we need to go searching for the correct tool to use to navigate that next big task. But once you have that tool and practice using it enough to remember it for next time, well then... You know, every time you come across a screw that needs fixing, you should just grab your powered screw gun and get to work. But hey, look, I'm just a guy who's navigating his life story. A few weeks ago, I was lucky enough to talk to Debbie De La Riva about this exact topic. And here's what she had to say as a licensed professional counselor. Yeah, well, first of all, if you have a good therapist, once they develop that that, that trust and that rapport, what they're trying to do is is impart the the skills and the concepts onto you so almost you can become your own therapist um you know you you can get yourself when you're into these thoughts or these behaviors of isolation and one of the things that the first things i do is is i try to uh, stress the importance of just because you're having a hard time again it doesn't mean that you're that you're depressed it doesn't mean that you're none of this worked and that you're just a square one you know, just really trying to help them realize that. Mm-hmm. Because that's what happens a lot, Josh. People go through therapy, they've got a good grip on their anxiety and their self-esteem, and then one toxic relationship comes in and they're doubting themselves all over again. So um, just just encouraging people not to label themselves as sick, defective, depressed, again. It's just part of the the ebb and flow. But but how do you know when it's time to kind of go back? And it really has to do with um, how much control you really feel like you have over your thoughts, and your feelings, and your behavior. If you feel like your mind has a mind of its own, um, you know you should reach out to a, a blood brother, as opposed to take you know a couple of more drinks. I mean, when you when you lose that control to to change your behavior, that's one thing. And uh, and 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 also has how's it affect your function. Is your mental state now affecting your relationships, um, your ability to, to, to be in your own life? That's when you know to go back. It seems fitting that I'm wrapping up my current therapy journey while wrapping up the end of the year. There's a lot to reflect upon, a lot to take with me moving forward. And I think the most important one to remember is that I didn't fix anything. I learned to navigate my current life experience in a way that keeps me curious, keeps me positive, and allows me some space to just be me, whether that's in work mode or relaxation mode or whatever I want to be doing. And just because I'm ending my therapy session for now doesn't mean I won't need them in the future. There is bound to be a time where my house of Josh needs some kind of neat upgrade or there's some wall that I need to knock down and I may need help identifying the right tool to work on that. Thank you, Debbie, and thank you, Amy and Patrick, for giving me the space to talk about this stuff. And thank you for listening. I hope you found it helpful and encouraging. Talking can be so healing. If you want access to some incredible mental health resources, you want to explore the film on your own, or you just want to dig deeper yourself, please go check out letstalkmh.com and click resources. Happy holidays, happy new year, and happy journey. Stay curious.
Thank you, Josh, and thank you, Debbie, for contributing to that segment. And thank you to Sanofi Genzyme for once again making the Let's Talk segment possible. Let's talk MH.com for more. Amy, I want us to move into our top 10 lists. We've got a lot to talk about. But before we put the Let's Talk segment to bed, I just want to thank Josh again for his personal vulnerability and commitment to that segment and helping people feel a little bit more at ease with wherever on their mental health journey they may be by being so transparent with his own. And as he notes, he's in a transition where he's no longer going to be seeing this therapist. That's meant a lot to him, but is responsibly taking stock of what are the tools that he has learned and what are the takeaways that he can carry into his life and doesn't necessarily need that, you know, that hour with that person that's no longer available in order to move himself forward. So I think that's an important transitions in, in how we take care of ourselves. And we talk plenty and have about what it means to start a therapeutic regimen or start but what does it mean to to end one or to transition away from a certain thing so i appreciate josh laying us in on that part of his journey he is the man and if you like these segments on the bloodstream podcast webpage of the bloodstream media site you go to the bloodstream podcast page and you'll see the big let's talk banner you click that and all of these segments from josh from across the year are listed there in video format because he does record them in these beautiful videos so if you want to listen to all or watch all of those let's talk segments go to the bloodstream media website check out the bloodstream podcast page and click let's talk all right amy board so top 10 lists (laughs) (laughs) so amy and i were looking for a way that we could do an overview of the year and have some a little something that felt a little personal Mm -hmm. but still had some relevance to the community and top 10 lists are like a thing and i was like amy what if we did like the top top 10 lists and she was like okay and i was like yeah we could have all these things and i'm thinking about it, i'm like that what are we gonna just like say 100 things very quickly like what am i asking to do so amy safe to say we went in slightly different directions with this uh, assignment yeah i mean everyone has their own interpretation of assignments i mean we've all been we, we've been at school right. you know and like teachers don't you know teachers don't agree with that per se but we've all been students and we all can agree that like you know what is what does that word mean you know assignment objective no one knows there's there's no clarity list list you know some people hear list and they think oh i should put numerous things down in a row maybe with a hash mark or a bullet in front of it and i hear list and i think Oh, that, uh, maybe a headline and a suggestion for what a list could look like. So what Amy and I ultimately have to present is some hodgepodge of lists of top 10 things that we'd like to share, right. as well as names of lists that don't exist, <laughs> but should for reasons that we'll get into later. Amazing, amazing, <laughs> amazing work that has been done for this episode, y'all. So to start, I wanted to share the top 10 places that I've treated in 2021. I This should be great. It should be, Amy. You're right. It should be. Because as we all know, with bleeding disorder patients, you all have the opportunity, I would say, to treat in a myriad of places. This is correct. Opportunity and at other times necessity, depending on circumstance. (laughs) That was probably even a better word for it, 100%. (laughs) Both things are true. They're both true. And I've had my share over the years, but the reason that I don't have a list for this headline, Amy, is not because I didn't do the assignment. No, 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 no. 
The reason I don't have a list for this one is because I haven't gone anywhere. So there's nothing really much to say. It's upstairs, downstairs, my bedroom, at the kitchen sink, at the kitchen table, on the couch. There's half the list. Like, it's not an interesting list. It exists, but who cares? So top 10 places I've treated in 2021. Historically, that would have been like 2020, 2019, 28. Great lists would be wonderful lists. Right now, the list doesn't exist because it's too poor. So that's why there's no What a great comparable list though. You know, like back in like, I don't know, 2017 or 2018, you could have like really cool ones, you know, like Kathmandu Um, and, you know, in a monkey farm in Bali and, you know, in like this random airport, like very cool things. And then this year it's like on November 22nd dining room table. It was in the morning. Yeah, there's like not a lot. Back patio. (laughs) You know, like a lot. It would have been great. 19th dear diary are you sitting down (laughs) today i was on the workout bench in the garage when i treated wow i'm a rebel (laughs) yep that's it so all right so our first of the five lists that we'll be sharing top 10 places i've treated in 2021 uh my house is basically the (laughs) the answer to that one so now amy you had a different take and so for our second list i think there's a little bit more uh, meat on the bone shall we say if you will i mean i you know i don't want to like argue with you but i would argue that i did the assignment okay you could yeah you know (laughs) hypothetically you could argue that (laughs) when we actually came into this though to everybody dear listeners i was like oh i did not understand the assignment my bad but I, i i wrote a top 10 of one of the things that i have been a part of this year is slowly starting to become more of an overseer and a head of Bloodstream Media, which is our large podcast network for rare and genetic diseases. We, we talk about it all the time here on Bloodstream, but as you guys know, we are expanding into other disease states and our network is becoming more and more robust. And I wrote a top 10 list of my favorite episodes on the Bloodstream Media Network this year. And it was ve- it was like down to the wire. It was very hard to come up with top 10 we have such great i'm so glad you did i'm so glad you did i didn't want to do that because i thought it would be too hard so i'm glad you did (laughs) (laughs) so i'll take this i'll I'll, we'll we'll go through this and i'll make sure to write this on our program notes so if you guys are interested in hearing these episodes you can kind of click and listen so anyway top 10 bloodstream media network number 10 was an episode of Cheat Codes and it was a special bonus episode of Cheat Codes in the partnership that we did with the Sickle Cell Consortium called What Just Happened at Sickle Cell Conferences. We have partnered with the consortium, a wonderful organization run by Dr. Lakia Bailey, who happens to have sickle cell herself. She's a physician and she's amazing. She's incredible. I love her to death. And we do this series to educate and bring awareness to what happened at these big medical conferences. And just like in hemophilia, as you can imagine, sickle cell and hematology is these big medical conferences. We never know what happened. So this is what just happened. And my favorite episode that we did was an episode that was about the Foundation for Sickle Cell Research Conference, or FSCDR. And it was because it introduced me to sickle cell advocate and consortium employee, Dominic Good who was so fantastic and went toe-to-toe with all the doctors on the panel just like asking them questions just like no holds hmm. barred and she was she was the yeah she was my favorite great yeah she's she that was, was so a great. strong episode S- strong episode loved it 
Number nine was an episode of Flow, the Flow podcast, which is fantastic. Straight talk about extreme periods. And it was entitled, What Do Hormones Do? And it was with Dr. Melissa Holmes. <laughs> and I loved this episode because I have lived and dealt with my hormones my entire life and I have no idea what they do. And they literally rule my life and my moods. Mm. And it was phenomenal getting that overview. So check mm. it out. Even if you think you know what hormones do, no one has any idea what they do. <laughs> I, some people probably have more of an idea. Number eight was our BDC live. Yeah. Uh, on Bloodstream at the BDC. It was so good. It was so fun. We had hours and hours of content. I don't know if you guys listened to the Facebook live, but it was so good. We did a highlights episode, which came out in September, which is great. But the BDC live, it kind of felt, we, and this is how we wanted it, we just had rotating guests and it kind of felt like, you know, we were in the hall of like the Gaylord Marriott just, you know, talking in between yeah. sessions and it was very good. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad we did that one. By the way, I should mention, and people can't see the this, but like I'm here nodding as Amy's sharing these and like, yeah, yeah. And I haven't looked at these before. So I'm listening along with the listeners, which is maybe why I'm also a little silent. I'm just like nodding oh, along vigorously. I should give this over to you of like, do you remember this episode? Because you're nerdy about these two. No, oh. it's more fun this way. No, I'm, it's okay. more, I, like, I, I like the reveals. I just wanted to okay. let people know why I was maybe being a little quiet. Oh, okay, that's so nice. Okay, because I guarantee they're like, Patrick usually talks. JK, 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 JK. <laughs> Okay, uh, number seven, another episode of Cheat Codes. Love Cheat Codes. Love the Sickle Cell Warrior community. This one was with Santonio Holmes. Yes. Super Bowl champion, Santonio Holmes. He started a nonprofit foundation called Third and Long, which, by the way, is the best foundation name of all time, and it blows my mind that no one has done it before. Hats off to Mr. Holmes. Santonio is a sickle cell trait carrier, and his son has been diagnosed with sickle cell, and he started this organization and talked to Dr. Z and Dr. C about his work and it was really cool and very emotional and I really loved that episode. That's a cool episode too. Martenzi Johnson, I think, think off the top Correct. of my head is the name of the sports writer Correct. who's also on that one. Yes. And so in addition to Dr. Z asking questions of Santonio Martenzi coming from a sports background and a journalistic background, he gets in there as well. And, and he did this big story on sickle cell and sports. So it's a really well-informed conversation, very unique for Cheat Codes or really any of our shows to have this incredible sports journalist and Super Bowl MVP yes. present. So yeah, great, great call on that Super one. Super cool. Amy. Okay, so number six is from our Pain Pod series, uh, season three of The Pain Pod. It's episode five, Pushing Through the Pain. And I loved this episode because I shut down in my chronic pain. My chronic pain is sporadic, but yet will last for several days. And I completely shut down. And I loved this episode about being goal-oriented and motivated through your pain. And I think you know, I have taken the stance that you have to feel good in order to do the things that you want to do. If I want to write, if I want to get work done and when you experience chronic pain, you don't get that liberty. You don't get that. I mean, you just don't have that option sometimes. Yes. You have to just, you. the thing still needs to be done and you have to find a way yes, through. Yes, privilege. That's what I was thinking of. Privilege. <laughs> anyway, so I loved this episode. Um, director Mel Forrest was uh, wonderful in putting that together. Such a good episode and such a great season of the pain pod. So Check that out. Check that out. That one, too, also, I think, does a nice job of, of making clear how certain environments like a competitive collegiate uh, athletic environment, the military, there are overt and implicit forces 
pushing one away from like really being in touch with your pain and discomfort yes. and making sure is this is this something I should push yes. through or you know th- so there's this that piece of it too which uh, to your point I think Mel did a really nice job threading that needle yes. in that episode correct totally totes 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 good list Amy good, good list. list number five right in the middle once upon a gene our beloved Effie yeah. Parks once upon a gene let me tell you if you have not listened to an episode of once upon a gene if you're a caregiver and you have not listened to an episode yeah. of Once Upon a Gene, you're doing yourself a disservice. Effie is wonderful. Her podcast is, um, she has a um, a son who has a very ultra rare genetic condition. And Effie's podcast is not necessarily about the condition. It's about parenting a medically challenged child. And so I would highly recommend you uh, introduce yourself to Effie and her work and her storytelling. She's wonderful. My favorite episode that she did last year was um, episode 103. She had she had a benchmark of 100 <laughs> episodes last year. It was just so phenomenal. But it was um, how we can balance and understand the unique struggles that we face with caregiver fatigue, compassion fatigue, and decision fatigue mm-hmm. with a counselor. Oof. And I get like goosebumps. It was so good and she is just empathetic and warm and real and authentic and she is just marvelous so check out that episode of once upon a gene i loved it cool i i have not heard that one so that i'll i will have to check that one out great number four you lived through it was it's your life it was vivian's (laughs) birth story number four is vivian's birth story and uh you and Natalie most listened to of the year yes. I will say I did I did notice that in the thing which you yep. know whatever for whatever that yeah. means yeah I mean I, I think I, you know it was a decision obviously like I, I remember you know the three of us you know kind of uh, contemplating and it was very important for you guys to tell that story I think you are so beloved in our community and um, we were so with you but I think even more is kind of eliminating the stigma of you know just uncomplicated births and uh, that everything should be fine and rosy and sometimes it's it's not and there's some uh, work to be done on the onset of something like that so we we were so grateful to yeah. you and we're so happy that Vivian is here and that Natalie is here with us too yeah me too and uh, it's and she's currently on call as a doula doing her work now for other other women preparing for their births and in this case a first birth and uh, actually, I think today, again, the day we're recording this is the same day, 40 and 5, 40 weeks, 5 days that Vivian was born. I think the person that Natalie's currently on standby for is in the same spot. So, yeah, very glad that by the end of this year, Vivian's as healthy as she is, Natalie's as healthy as she is, and she's back to doing the work as a doula. Yeah. 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 And, I'm, yeah. and I'm glad we did that. I'm glad we I'm glad yeah. we did that episode. I think it was important. Me too. Okay, the top three. Top three. Oh my goodness, we're already there. Bronze, silver, top three, gold. Baby, top three, top three. All right, drum roll, please. Number three. My favorite episode of Flow. It was like, hands oh, no. down, my favorite episode of Flow was Men and Menstruation. Oh, we had dudes come on and they talked about menstruation. Some dudes. And everybody was like nervous and wonderful and charming and honest. And I'm it was sweating now. like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you just mentioned it. And I was like, oh, what's number two? 
<laughs> if y'all have not listened uh, to that episode, men and women, uh, please give it a listen. Um, especially men that are listening. Uh, we know the women and the menstruators in your life could feel a little isolated just in this thing that happens every month. It's a health thing. And, and we have been, you know, kind of, I, I mean, it, it's just been kind of beaten into us almost in a way just in terms of how we talk about it and we're trying to break that mold and it was just really cool I think for us as the flow team to have men on and to continue to have men on this podcast to continue to talk about it we just appreciate you guys because we know that it, it could be tricky to put yourself out there and it was it was great you guys were really wonderful thanks I mean I, I you know can't speak on behalf of the other guys but I I know I was uh I, I felt like okay this is an, an honor to be invited on and the best thing that I can try to do is be as just honest and present and not try to pretend I know something I don't or like lean into the insecurities, lean into the company of other men who are there engaged in the conversation, probably feeling their own versions of inadequacies or ill-prepared or like, oh my God, I can't believe I don't know as much. So thanks for providing that opportunity. And yeah, I hope it is something that um, people could share with the, the men are partners in their lives and, and maybe they can hear, you know, some stuff that they relate to and feel a little bit more at ease about menstruation from from it. So, yeah, thank you. Absolutely. I mean, I, I will. This is just a personal note. Uh, <laughs> just was doing this at the end of the year. I, you know, f- working on flow for me was and has been um, the highlight for, legitimately um the highlight for 2021 because it it is so powerful um and this is you know this is being really you know spoken about a lot in our society on every single angle but when we start talking about things when we bring things to the open and actually start talking about things the empowerment that it gives you is just indescribable. And so for me, actually talking about it with uh, my my coworkers, my friends, my partner um, has been so, with my mother, has mm. been so empowering for me. And I think the work that we're doing at Bloodstream Media, I, I, I'm seeing that in every single you know, patient community. Effie talks about it all the time on Once Upon a Gene of just, you know, being able to talk about it with people that you understand and can understand your lingo in terms of being a caretaker. We talk about it in the hemophilia community all the time. There's nothing like going to a bleeding disorder conference. Everybody knows the lingo. It's wonderful. And for some rare disease communities, they have never had that opportunity to do that. And these podcasts yeah. are slowly starting to do that. Um, and so I'm just you know, thrilled with the work that we're doing. And for me personally, I I think flow has been just wonderful. And so if you menstruate, if you'd like to kind of, you know, have a discussion about that or just learn a little bit more, feel free to, you know, pop in and join the community and, and, We'd love to. We'd love to hear from you. Here, here. Congrats on Flow. It's such a great program, and y- you and Jessica Christie did an amazing job this year. So thank you, and I'm excited for where it's going next year. I think I Heck feel yeah. like 2022 Flow could have some real, um, so, some real high inflection point moments. I do too. I do too. And we have we're going to announce a new co-host uh, for Flow for season two. Ooh. Don't worry, Christy isn't going away. Christy and Christy's tips, like she'll come back and join us and like. Buggish. We'll, we'll never allow Christy to like fully leave. But um, yeah, we've got new co hosts. It's going to be pretty great. Fantastic. You'll hear more about that January 14th. Oh. <laughs> Number two. Number two. The so runner real. up. 
So good. <laughs> Nothing will compare to the oh Howlin' my- Rays episode of Bloodstream. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> oh, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. But y'all, we wow. had like a whole outline planned that day. And Patrick ordered <laughs> Howlin' Ray's Chicken, which is like the hot chicken place here in LA. And he ordered the Howlin' Ray's. Wait, what is it? The Howlin' Ray? The, yeah, there's How, like no, Howlin'. Eight, yeah, which is whatever they're like eight or ninth of eight or nine levels of heat is. I was like, that one, I like spicy. That was a mistake. Howling. Changed my day. Oh my God. And it was, and I I laughed. I don't think I've laughed as hard as I laughed that day. And it, it, he was in pain. <laughs> like I was laughing at him in pain. It was so funny. Anyway, and so our entire, we I had all these things we were going to talk crying. about. And literally, you were just standing in my office and you had like a, can't do you had anything. like paper towels on your tongue. Oh my God, it was so funny. <laughs> it was so funny. And we had this whole, thing planned for you guys we had a whole podcast and we just uh, told that story and it was anyway yeah, if you have not happened. listened to the howling rays episode oh. do yourself a favor it is mwah, chef's kiss and i think i said this subsequently natalie didn't believe me by the time i came home and i still like and i got her sandwich because i didn't want her to feel left out and so then right. she had to try it and then she went through the whole thing at home so it was just the yeah. two of us just poisoned ourselves it was uh <laughs> forever captured Good, Forever good. captured. Oh my god, it was, the, it was the funniest thing. It was the funniest uh, thing of all Alan time. Howling Rays, so great. And the number one episode of oh this year, yes, that I loved, it. that I can't wait for all of y'all to listen to, is our Bloodstream episode. Is our recent Bloodstream episode on diversity, equity, and inclusion with Dr. Connie Montgomery and our very own Bloodstream contributor, Alexa Abreu. I loved this episode, and I love these women, these warm, inclusive, wonderful, authentic, direct women. And it was such a phenomenal conversation, and I just think it goes to show how important podcasting is in the way that we're never going to change the world with one podcast, for heaven's sakes, but it is Mm. a it is a chance and an opportunity to listen and to maybe empathize with a, a point of view that you've never heard before. And I loved this episode. I I, I feel like Connie is going to be um, a, a future contributor. She is now going to be um, a part of our network. And of course, um, Alex and the work that she has done. Mm-hmm. Um, I am so proud of her just woman to woman i i am just so proud of how she's handled herself this year um being placed in the spotlight uh, a, a little bit in terms of the bleeding disorder world in this new conversation of diversity and inclusion and i think she has stepped up to the plate and she is an eloquent direct wonderful authentic speaker and i am just so proud of her and i loved that podcast wow. hands off ladies Woo! nice okay i love the recent episode being up at the top of that list too that's yeah. just there's something about that that feels real good uh well cosign everything that you said i do think we'll hear more from connie uh through bloodstream next year we'll certainly hear more from alex and Alex made a comment about the the way in which we hold space for certain conversations. And it's not about driving an agenda or hitting all of these objectives or making sh- it's about creating and holding the space. And 
I think that fra- that that really st- stuck with me because I can be very objective driven and want to make sure we get to things and and so it was really it was helpful for me to hear her feedback and I, I'd like to think we'll continue to do that holding the space. Yeah. So what a top ten list, Amy Board. Good work. Our, and, and thank you for organizing as you said like the the program notes if you want to click directly to link to any of those episodes they'll be there for you here's the good news this next top 10 list will take about 13 seconds to share with you because once again it's not a list it's a headline for a list that doesn't exist but maybe should and it is the top 10 therapies because we all know how much work is being done in pipelines and in clinical trials, preclinical studies. They got mice and sheep that have things. Top 10 therapies no one is working on but should be. Now, that would be – that's a list. That, that is would be a list. For someone to put together. I have not put it together. But if you were looking <laughs> for a fun top 10 list to sink some time into and maybe entertain some dinner guests. The top 10 therapies no one is working on but should be. Just make sure your dinner guests are kind of nerdy about healthcare and stuff or else that will just be a very painful few minutes. But if they're like Amy and I, they'll probably find some amusement out of that. So that one's for you to take home and work on on your own time. The top That's 10 amazing. therapies no one's working on but should be. Amy Board. Amazing. <laughs> All right, what do you got? Our fourth list. Oh my god, an actual list, I think. Yeah, it's a list, but like it won't be as long as the other one because, like, I don't know if you guys need all this, but I did again. This is this was the assignment that I did, and uh, I. I am a, you know, I'm a reader. I'm an avid reader. And so I did my top 10 reads of 2021. And I told Amy when she told me this just before we started recording that I had uh, pulled a headline from People Magazine, the top 10 books of 2021. But the reason that I pulled that was so that I could simply make the comment that I had never heard of any of those books and realized just how disconnected from book reading I am. So that's what I brought to the table. Amy brought to the table a list of her actual 10 favorite books from the year. Yes. Amy Board. <laughs> I do want to admit that I am one of those people that reads like new books five years later. Like I'm not a person that like a book comes out and I read. I'm a hoarder of, of it. Mm. You know, like Sally right Rooney time. came out with a new one. Yeah, I am very I'm very picky about moods and they, I believe they should be like. You know, I love Sally Rooney and she came out with a new one this year and I haven't read it yet. I'm hoarding it until the perfect time, which is my own thing that maybe I should look at. So anyway, Hmm, uh, there's going to be a lot of oldies on this list. Uh, Number 10, uh, a novel called The School of Secret Ingredients by Erica Bauermeister. This is an old book. It's wonderful. It's about cooking and bringing people together. It's it's wonderful. Hmm. Number nine, Infinite Country, Patricia Ingle. This this was a new book this year. Reese Witherspoon book club book, phenomenal, short, the most restrained storytelling, clear, crisp storytelling and prose about a Colombian immigrant family that gets separated. Half the family is in the States, half the family has to go back to Colombia. Fantastic storytelling and wonderful read. I recommend it. Number eight is by the short story master, Raymond Carver. I've never read this before. What we talk about when we talk about love. Hmm. And if you don't know, if you're a reader and like a nerdy reader, you have to read Raymond Carver, even if you don't, if you're not into short stories. He is so, he just speaks and writes how you would with no fanfare and the subtext, his subtext is incredible, is incredible. Hmm. He, incredible. I, I like listening you, 
talk about authors and styles and like I don't know any of this, but I'm like, ooh, restrained writing. Yeah, oh, that uh, I, this is good. This you're doing good. <laughs> I love this. I think we could do tit for tat. Like next one, you could do like your top ten like NBA moments. I'll be like, I don't know what any of this means. Like that sounds great. No problem. Yeah, we can okay. do that. Okay, great. We won't okay. for the listener's sake, but we could. Great. Okay, number seven is Paula Hawkins' new book that just came out, actually. So I guess I just went back on everything I said. I did read Paula Hawkins' new book, and I loved it. It's called A Slow Fire Burning. Paula Hawkins, if you recall, wrote the, that global sensation thriller, Girl on a Train, uh, oh, that was made I into a movie with Emily Blunt. Yeah, that was her first, uh, not her first novel, but her first uh, thriller breakout. novel. Okay. Yeah, and um, anyway, her she did a follow-up, and then this is her third novel, and it was great. It was uh, multiple points of view, and like just the story structure was um, clean, and the characters were great. Like she she's very um, she likes dark. Like I've actually heard Paula Hawkins talk, and she's very she goes I, I like dark people, and she she begins with character, and you can tell like her characters are good. Nice. So anyway, Paula, mm, love Paula. Six is a, a mystery sleuth novel called Claire Dewitt and the City of the Dead by Sarah Gran. Sarah Gran, um, this was like the beginning of a series. Super gritty. It was like hmm. very gritty. It takes place in New Orleans. It's a love letter to um, very dark, twisted, and violent New Orleans. Hmm. Claire Dewitt is a uh, is a private investigator. Okay. Very um, girl with the dragon tattoo esque about it. Super dark hmm. and gritty. Loved that book. Number five was the biography of um, Mike Nichols uh, by Mark Harris. Mike Nichols, of course, is a beloved uh, film director mm. and um, uh, play director. He was, a, he was a theater director forever. He did the majority mm. of Neil Simon's greatest hits, and it was absolutely the most fantastic thing. It was it was mm. great Hollywood dish, and mm. yeah, it was it was wonderful. And about pro- actually, actually, Patrick, you should read it, it was about process and storytelling. Um, and, you know, I think his, like, you know, just kind of like the dive into that very masculine feeling of failure is just really lovely. Mm. And he had high highs and low lows. Like I, I, Mm. I've always thought of him as kind of this untouchable thing. And he really was not, he, he wasn't all the time. Quick sidebar, Natalie showed me something on Instagram a few days ago, some like meme aggregation account that had a letter, and and I'm just assuming that this is true. So, you know, I'm like, someone showed me a thing on Instagram, facts, that Michelangelo had written about his work during a particularly self-doubting moment. And the way Michelangelo describes to use the word, what a failure he is as an artist in this letter. Uh, he describes this this one like tiny muscle that is, it's just ridiculous um, to me. But for him, it just goes to show that even <laughs> sometimes the product as as strong and as wonderful and whatever as it may be, it doesn't mean the process of getting it there in particular for the chief architect was uh, not without tumult. So that's what you just reminded me of in sharing about Mike Nichols. It's interesting. If you Google it, it's probably findable. Like Michelangelo letter, self-doubt. It's like, it's kind of inspiring. You're like, all right, that guy thought he sucked sometimes. I'm okay. I don't think there's any wonderful person who thinks they don't suck. I mean, I I think it is so innate. Yeah. Yeah. 
Cool. All right. I'm glad you mentioned that one. That's that's a goodie. Mike Nichols. Love Mike Nichols, by the way. Angels in America. <laughs> Angels in America. That's what I always go to. Number four. <laughs> the, uh, number four is Olive Kittredge, which was the Pulitzer Prize winning novel like 10 years ago. And uh, the author is a glorious woman. Her name is Elizabeth Strout. And she came out with a new book this year. And uh, haven't read it because I read Olive Kittredge, which came out like a decade ago. <laughs> it's glorious. Each chapter were like, um, it took place in a very small town. So it was all interlaced. But each chapter was a short story of different people that this one main character, Olive Kittredge, just kind of interlaced oh, nice. different relationships between people in this town. Anyway, the, the language is so, like every time you pick up an Elizabeth Strout book, you're like, oh, Elizabeth Strout wrote this. I mean, she's so, she mm-hmm. has a voice like Nora Ephron. She has such a distinct voice. Uh, but hmm. it's the first time I read Olive Kittredge and I was very inspired. I love her. Number three was, I've had on my bookshelf for years and I finally read it, is a collection of essays uh, by a young student from Yale who passed away the night before her college graduation. Her name is Marina Keenan. Uh. And the book is called The Opposite of Loneliness. And her parents put this essay of work together with um, her writing professors. And it, it was a collection of essays, and it's also a collection of fiction that she did in college. She wrote this essay that went viral, The Opposite of Loneliness, when she was at Yale. And her essays are great, but her fiction was absolutely out of hand. And she would have been, huh. she would have been, been incredible. And she would have been like Lena Dunham, you know, um, millennial voice. She was like, I, I get goosebumps just thinking about, it. I was jealous of her prose, actually. She was she was just marvelous. Anyway, I loved I loved that book. Please check mm. it out if you're a fan of that type of stuff. She's fantastic and it's heartbreaking that she's not with us anymore when that book came out years ago. Hmm. Well, hey, I'm happy to know about it now. Yeah, yeah. Number two was a book on Obama's list last year because me and Obama, we kick it. Uh, Long Bright (laughs) River by Liz Moore. Crime novel, like a literary crime novel about two sisters. One cop on a Baltimore beat and the other is a junkie and how their lives intersect. And it was it was just a good it was like a very good book that you wish you would have written like it was just very Mm -hmm. very good and then number one is a classic that i've never read that i will probably now read i think annually which is bizarre because it's very um it's heavy i read it twice this year because i'm psycho uh the collector by john Bowles, and it's a very heavy subject it's about two characters one a man like a man in his 30s um actually kidnaps this young girl that he's been obsessed with forever and he's a collector of butterflies and slowly you kind of get this like you know he's just never been accepted into society and it's from his this first part of the book is from his point of view and they're two opposite you know he he so believes in in what he's doing is right actually that she will understand someday that she will want to live with him and like create this life with him he just needs to hold her here until she like figures it out (laughs) and she's this young art student liberal um, you know, really in the heart of like becoming a young creative who thinks obviously just like so outward, doesn't think anything inward. So just very opposite of him. Mm. And the second half of the book is her journal. So it's like from her point of view. So it's like, it's a heavy, mm. it's heavy, 
oh my gosh, the pro- he wrote it in like four weeks. It was his first novel and it's so clean. It's just clean. The voice of him in particular and actually her in particular, I very much, you know, she's not a likable character and I just loved her because that's what I was like when I was 25. Wow. Um, Amy, I feel like I just learned a lot about you and I want to hear you talk about books more often. Hey, we're, I know we got, we're not anywhere near bleeding disorder stuff at this point in the show, but we're on the very tail end of the 53rd episode of the year. So we don't have to be on subject at this point. All right. We did all that already. But I guess the thing that this like makes me want to ask you, well, oh, real quick. Okay. Final list. Top 10 discoveries that I've made since becoming a vegetarian. Sugar and carbs aren't vegetables. Nutrition is part of self-care and eating with restrictions is more complicated, but not really that big of a deal. So that's not exactly 10 things, but that is my final list, the top 10 discoveries that I've made since becoming a vegetarian, kind of only three things, but those are our lists. I want to go back to the books though, Amy, because I want to actually give you a chance to tell us a little bit about your writing before we bring this to a close. Because I remember at the beginning of this year, your commitment to, to writing and investing in yourself in that way was a priority. And so here we are at the end of the year, You've just told us about all these books that you've read and you've used some real specific language to describe them. So it seems clear to me like, okay, you're in, you're, you're in it, but we haven't actually talked about it that much. So how, how, how's your writing going? Thank you for asking. And it's, it's going, it has been a wild ride and I have a first draft. I have a first draft and it's, Whoa. yeah, and it's very terrible. Like, I, I can't begin to tell you how terrible it is. And I'm thrilled. I don't think I've ever been more proud of anything ever. It's a skeleton. Wow. It's a nightmare. But the spine has revealed itself in a way. And I'm taking a month break. You're really supposed to take a month to six weeks break, you know, in between uh, first draft and second. I have my book list and just, you know, trying to free write every day and then we'll start draft two we'll start the edit next year wow so it's, it's been yeah it's been uh great but i mean the habit's been formed which is lovely i've like figured out how to do it and you know and i I, I will say for everybody listening you know this is it's been a learning lesson for me because i don't um i don't have a lot of uh focus <laughs> like i'm not a i'm actually not a great you know, taskmaster in a way. Um, and this project, oddly, it's like adding something that you want to do or whatever. It's an, it's, I do it an hour. I have an hour and a half in the morning. So I get up really early and I have my coffee and that's, it's my writing sacred time. And, uh, I turn, like I have a device on my computer that turns off all social media and anything other than my, my writing materials. And I, Mm you know, have my lesson and I, you know, do my thing and write my words and just a little bit every day. And then when it's done, like 7.30, when it's done, I am so much more focused for my day. And it's actually like helped my work day. <laughs> it's like focused me for my work day. It's crazy. It's cra- it blows my mind. Good for you. So it's been great. I mean, building that habit, that's like so much of it. Um, and such a, whether it's writing or something related to health or just trying to like make any kind of change, building that, whatever that like yes. core habit is that will, you know, like make the thing go. Um, that's huge. So I'm I'm proud of you and excited you, to pal. hear more about this, you know, offline and next year. And yeah, yeah way to go. Thank you, pal. Amy, it's been a pleasure doing this with you this year. 
And I am very much looking forward to what we're going to do with the Bloodstream podcast next year and seeing what opportunities present themselves. Is there any final word that you would like to share with the listeners before we sign off and say see you on Jan 14th? Oh, man. We, we love you guys, and we know you're with us, and we know um, every time you tune in, it's, it can be a different place in your life, and we just love being that touchstone and uh, hopefully bringing some smiles as well as uh, you know any education and awareness and conversation that maybe isn't happening in any other arena. So we love y'all, and we want to keep hearing from you, and uh, we just appreciate you so much. I co-sign all of that. This podcast wouldn't have a reason to exist without you. We are here to help bring a little knowledge, joy, and normalcy to your life as it relates to bleeding disorders and just in general. Hopefully we've done that in 2021 and we hope that you'll continue to trust us to do the same and even more as we head into 2022. I want to thank Josh and Debbie for the Let's Talk segment that's made possible by Sanofi Genzyme and we thank them for that. I want to thank Takeda, the presenting sponsor of the Bloodstream podcast, bleedingdisorders.com, for wherever on your journey you may be. Producer Keith, editor Drama, production head Allison, and everyone at Believe Limited, because literally it's like everyone who helps make Bloodstream happen each and every time from the bottom of my heart. And Amy's, I'll speak for Amy's heart. Thank you. Amy Board, thank you. Thank you, pal. Listeners, you know you can email us at mailbag at bloodstreammedia.com. You can reach Bloodstream Media, Amy or myself, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or even LinkedIn. Hooray! I am your host, Patrick James Lynch. And I am your other host, Amy Board. And until next year, take self-care of yourself. Happy holidays. Have a good new year. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye, everybody.